I am Minister Angela Bates, Pastor Bernard, and um, Lady Elise, you all know, uh, as of now, you should know by now, rather, that uh, they are out today, and I've been given the assignment to stand in his stead this morning. Um, I think I heard Sister uh, Adrian say we didn't have any first-time guests, but if we do have any, because I can't see good from a distance, so, <laughs> so y'all forgive me. Don't think I'm just not speaking to you because I'm being bougie, because I'm not. I just can't see from a distance. <laughs> Glory to God, but if we do have any first-time guests, um, do we do invite you all to come back if you're listening um, on the recording uh, and you were listening in, tune in for Pastor Bernard. We, we encourage you strongly to tune back in next week and listen to the man of God. He's an awesome teacher of the word of God and you will be inspired, empowered, and um, motivated. And it's my endeavor and prayer to render the same on today. Amen. Glory to God. So if you all would please stand. This is the first and last time I'll ask you to. If you have your Bible, I'm going to do like Pastor Bernard this morning. If you have your Bible, your iPhone, or you have it written on something, ah, glory to God. Lift your Bible and say, I got it. I got it. That's right. This is my Bible. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. I am what it says I am. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So today, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive to the word of God. And my life will never Ever, 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 be the same. Be the same. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, God, giving you glory, honor, and praise. Thank you, Lord, for this blessed day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. God, I just ask that you bless this word, you anoint this word, Father God. I pray that it will not only prick the hearts of your people, but it will penetrate their hearts, God, and bring about a change. In their lives, God, I decrease so that you may increase. And I ask that you show yourself strong, not only to us, but through us, oh God. And it's in the mighty matchless name of Jesus we pray and say, amen. Amen. Well, my topic for today is as a man thinking. For my note takers, the topic for today is as a man thinking. Glory to God. And our text scripture will be Proverbs uh, chapter 23, verse 7, Proverbs 23 and 7. I'm kind of going to be piggybacking off of uh, something that um, Pastor Bernard said. He's been doing a series on the power of God's word. Uh, and he stated that you have to speak the word of God if you want the results of the word of God. Woo, that just blessed me right there. You have to speak. The word of God, if you want the result of the word of God. And he taught us, according to 2 Timothy 3.16, that the word of God will correct you if you're going the wrong way. You know that? It will correct you, and it will get you back on track if you stay in that word, glory to God. The word of God will give you instruction concerning righteousness, and the word is profitable of reproof, correction, and instruction. He said that you can't partake of the advantages of the word if you don't read the word. 
Hello, somebody. You can't partake of the advantages of the word if you don't read the word. If you don't read it, you don't know what it will do. Amen? Glory to God. And so he's taught us also in another series that he did. Um, he taught us about the power of our own words. You know, speaking um, and, and um, you know, the power of speaking the word, speaking the word of God. Like he said, like I said, he said earlier, you know, speak the word. You have to speak the word if you want the results of the word. So he taught us that during a series that he did about uh, teaching on the power of our own words. And last week he mentioned about the word. He, he mentioned uh, something in the word about saying as a man thinketh, so is he. And I don't know what it was. I've heard that so many times, but it was something about when I heard it in that message that time, it's like something just started leaping inside of me. And so I want to expound upon that today. As a man thinketh, glory to God. The word tells us that life and death is in the power of our tongues. Do you all agree? You know that? You read that in your word? <laughs> glory to God. So that tells us that we need to be mindful of what we say. Amen. Well, what we say and what we think go hand in hand. That's what the Lord showed me. What we say and what we think, men and women of God, it goes hand in hand. Oftentimes, what we say is derived from a thought we had. Think about it. Mm. Proverbs 23.7, our text scripture um, I don't know if Matthew's going to put the scriptures up, but if you will, just turn with me in your Bible to Proverbs 23 and 7. Proverbs 23 and 7. If you dare say amen, amen, glory to God. And it reads, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink. See, normally we stop right there. But the Spirit led me to go on and give you the entire scripture. Eat and drink, saith he to thee. But his heart is not with thee. See, in this verse, this person is saying one thing with their mouth, but their heart is in a different place. The old days, I believe it was, wrote a song about uh, the body being in one place and the mind in another. Somebody know what song I'm talking about. I ain't, you know, I, we just... We, we're just going to pretend everybody been saved all their lives. So I'm just going to tell you that they put a song out there saying something about the body being in one place and the man in another. I'm not going to sing it, y'all, for church sake. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it for church sake. But the thoughts of our hearts shape the reality of who we are. Thoughts shape your thinking, which will ultimately shape your actions. I'm going to say that again. Thoughts shape your thinking, which will ultimately shape your actions. So what we think about matters. So what we think about matters because it forms the basis of what we'll become. Did you get that? What you think about, it matters because it forms the basis of what we become. Glory to God. Um, Proverbs 4 Verses 23 through 24, and I'm going to read to you from the Amplified. It says, to keep and guard your heart with all vigilance 
and above all that you guard. For out of it flows the springs of life. Verse 24 says, put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk. Put far away from you. Contrary to what? Contrary to what the word of God says. Put that, he says to put that talk far away from you. Put that garbage in the can and set it out on the side of the street. Huh? Is that what we do with garbage? Glory to God. We, we take it outside and we sit it on the curb. Glory to God. And so that's what you need to do with those garbage thoughts that you've been having of yourself. Take the trash out. Yeah. Somebody said, take the trash out. Hallelujah. Somebody say, take the trash out. Glory to God. And think on good things. Paul told the church of Philippi and Philippians 4 and 8, he said to think on things that are true, honest, pure, just, lovely, of a good report. If anything is worthy of praise, he said, think on these things. Did you hear all that positivity? Things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of a good report. If anything is worthy of praise, he said to think on these things. And the Amplified says to fix your minds on these things. Fix your mind on these things. So I want to discuss with you all, oh, I just couldn't wait to share this piece with y'all. I want to share with you today a method called the um, cognitive triangle method. And I forgot, I wish I had uh, brought my little dry erase board so I could do the little triangle there. But I just need you all to imagine with me in your mind's eye, if you will. Just follow along with me. There is, uh, I was talking with a young man about a week or so ago who is a behavioral health counselor. And he just so eloquently shared with me about what is called the cognitive triangle or the behavior triangle. Some of you may have heard of it. I've never heard of it. And the way he explained it, I was like, boy, I'm a preset right there. I said, I'm telling, baby, I was writing down in my little notebook. I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm preaching this. You hear me? <laughs> because it tied right in. God had already been speaking to me as a man thinking. And then here I go somewhere else uh, about a week later after God gave that to me. And this man introduces me to this cognitive uh, triangle. And so what he said was, just imagine in your mind's eye, just imagine a triangle, and at the top of that triangle are your thoughts. And then at the lower corner of the triangle are your feelings. And the other corner of the triangle is your behavior. So he says that thoughts create feelings, feelings create behavior, and behavior reinforces those thoughts. Let me give you this example. Um, I'll just use my little grandson as an example. Uh, just say we ask him the question about, you know, something that happened at school. And we say, um, Kimuel, what made you do that? Why did you do that? It started with a thought. Uh, he said, he would say, because I didn't like what they did to me. You know, it started with a thought. He said, well, how did that make you feel? He said, it made me feel angry. So when it made him feel angry, he acts out. Okay, many, many of us parents can relate to that. <laughs> Amen. I'll give you another example. Just let's bring it on home with us as adults. Let's just say you're thinking, I'm bad at making friends. I just, I can't make friends. And then you feel discouraged and hopeless. 
And then you quit trying to make friends and you just isolate yourself. You just say, I just, I'm happy with Jesus alone. And that's a laugh in a pit of hell. <laughs> you just you just say that to just try to convince yourself, you know, and I think I may have shared, you know, how we always be right here saying, no, I was sharing this with uh, with um my soul sisters group. I said, you know, we always sing a song. I was telling about how Pastor Bernard always talk about how we sing a songs that you know, it's not the word, and I said they were good songs, and, and I said I know one of the, uh, the favorite ones I used to love to sing, baby, I tear it up long as I got King Jesus. Woo! Big and wine is what? Long as I got King Jesus, don't need nobody else. And that's a laugh for the pit of hell. <laughs> because God, when he made Adam, he said it was not good for man to be what? There it is. Somebody been reading that word. Glory to God. Get yourselves a hand. Somebody been reading that word. Glory to God. Pastor, you hear that? Somebody been reading the word. So what you have to do is you have to change your thought process. And then you have to replace it with something positive. Because what I learned about this behavior triangle is it works the same whether it's a positive thought or whether it's a negative thought. So whenever you're having a negative thought, you need to replace it with a positive thought. You stop thinking negatively, and then you replace it with a positive thought. So then you start feeling better, and guess what? You start reacting better. Amen? Yeah. So let's flip that example we gave about uh, making friends. You think, think to yourself at the top of the triangle, this is your thought. I'm good at making friends. And then that makes you feel joyful and hopeful that you will make new friends. Amen? And then because of your good attitude you got now, and that you because you're showing yourself friendly, and we're going to elaborate on that some more, bless God. <laughs> because you're showing yourself friendly, you make a friend at the um, VCC Ladies Fellowship. Glory to God. <laughs> And you all exchange numbers and you start reaching out to each other, encouraging each other, inspiring one another. And the rest, you know, is history. Glory to God. So you see how making that mental adjustment, you see just making that little mental adjustment, how it fosters a positive outcome. Y'all, I'm telling you it works. With anything in your life, those are just a couple of examples. But you just look at your own life. Think about times when you had a negative thought at that top of that triangle. How did that negative thought make you feel? And then how did that feeling make you behave? Think about it. If you've always thought of yourself as an underachiever or less than, then you'll say things like, nothing good ever happens for me. I don't ever win anything. Mm. They'll never pick me for the team. They'll never pick me for the job. They'll never pick me to sing in the choir. Your words give your thoughts life. You understand me? Say that with me. Say, my words give my thoughts life. Say it again. Say, my words give my thoughts life. Glory to God. Your behavior is just your thoughts, animals. In other words, your behavior is your thoughts brought to life. Glory to God. If you don't think highly of yourself, then you'll show it in your bad decisions. You'll settle for anything or any old back. Glory to God. Because you don't think you deserve any better. You'll think no one wants to be your friend because of your, your own low self-esteem. It has nothing to do with what the other people think of you. It's what you think of yourself. 
It has everything to do with what you think of yourself. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Proverbs 18, 24, if you will turn there with me. Proverbs 18 and 24. Hallelujah, God. I hope y'all getting something out of this. I just want to take my time. There were so many different ways I could have gone with this, but I trust I stay right here in this lane that God gave me because I trust that this is what is needed for this group right here. Glory to God. Proverbs 18, 24, and it reads, A man that had friends, I told y'all we were going to elaborate on this, must show himself what? All right now. And there is a friend. Ah! That's sticking closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Of course, we know that friend, his name is Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. But if you want friends, you must first show yourself. What? All right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The golden rule, as we know it, says, do unto others as. Okay, come on, somebody. So the golden rule, actually, it's a paraphrase. Turn with me, if you will, to um, Matthew. Chapter 7, verse 12. Mm. Matthew 7 and 12. We're going we're gonna to cite quite a few scriptures today because I really, really, really want y'all to get this thing and I need you to see it in the Word. Are you there? Hallelujah. Matthew 7, 12 says, In everything. Oh, I'm sorry. I may have I may have written this down wrong. Did it say in some things? What, what's in y'all Bible? Nothing, therefore. Huh? In everything. Does it say in everything? Matthew 7, 12? Okay, in everything. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Matthew. It's here on the screen. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Thank you. That's the one I was looking for. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, it does not say verbatim, do unto, uh, do unto others as, as you would have them do unto you. It's not, that's not there verbatim. But that's the golden rule. That's the way we have quoted it for years. That's the way we have said it. But this is the King James Version. This is what it says. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, this is a precept in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, somebody may be saying, say, well, what is a precept? I'm glad you asked. Hallelujah, God. <laughs> it's a guiding principle or rule that is used to control, influence, or regulate conduct. I'm going to read that again. It is a guiding principle or rule that is used to control, influence, or regulate conduct. Now, sometimes we have some people that um, oppose this rule. They oppose rules. They oppose, uh, you know, people in authority. Matter of fact, there is a, a disorder actually called um, oppositional defiant disorder. It, ODD. You, you hear all kind of the ADD, ADHD, where now you got ODD, you got OCD, all kind of these out there. Bless God. 
all kind of these out there. But people that have ODD or oppositional defiant disorder, they tend to um, rebel, if you will. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's the word I'm looking for. They tend to rebel against rules, and they don't like to feel like somebody's trying to control them. But how many of you all know that the world is governed by rules? We all have to follow rules. We all have to obey rules. I tell my grandkids that, my grandson's like that. My grandson don't like being told what to do too much. Like, he don't mind Nene and Papa, but he, he don't tolerate too many other folks too well and telling him what to do. He gets real defined, bless God. And I have to tell him, I said, baby, I said, everybody has to abide by rules. Even Nene and Papa has to abide by rules. We have to abide by rules on our jobs. We have to abide by rules in the church when we come to church, you know. Um, we have to abide by rules if we go to the grocery store. You can't just go in there acting any kind of way, doing whatever you want to do, saying whatever you want to say. You know, we, we, we're, everything is governed by rules, but it's to regulate. It's to help to regulate conduct, amen? And so the flip side of this is do not do to others what you would not like done to you, okay? Don't do to others what you would not like done to you. Amen? Glory to God. And this is a great guiding principle, if you will, that could be applied to anyone, saved or unsaved alike. I always tell people principles um, apply to everybody. Promises are set aside for believers. Glory to God. Hallelujah, God. And if more people would exercise this principle, then we would hear fewer news reports of all these killings that we hear, senseless killings. I don't, I don't know what y'all hear uh, here in Philadelphia, but in Jackson, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, it's so depressing to turn on the news because that's the first thing they start with, who shot who, who killed who, you know? And then they don't even have all the full details right. They just, just get, you know, just little, little sketchy details, as they would say. And most of the times it's all off, you know, they just leave everything to your imagination. And I always tell people, you know, that all people don't know, they will make it up, but you will get a story. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 <laughs> you will get a story. might not be the right one, but you will get a story. Glory to God. So it never ceases to amaze me how, this is the other thing that gets me, how some people, you know, will kill other people, but they want their lives spared. You know, they want their lives spared from the death penalty. They killed somebody, but they want their lives spared from the death penalty. Now, you know, we, we of course, we it's God's desire for everyone to be saved, so we, we pray for those people. But it's just, you know, this is just a thought that I had. It's just amazing to me how they can have no regard for somebody else's life, but they want their lives spared. Mm. How, how arrogant is that, you know? So why didn't they... I thought about that. So well, why didn't they invoke the golden rule? You know, why didn't they take captive their thoughts? Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. We're going to talk about this taking captive our thoughts. Hmm. If people would just exercise this alone, that would decrease a lot of the negative reports that we hear. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5. I, I'm truly praying that you all are getting something out of this. 
And it reads, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5 says, casting down imaginations. Ah, sound like some thinking going on. Casting down imagination. Casting down those things that you're thinking about. Those negative things that you're thinking about. The word says cast them down. Don't dwell on them. Don't sit there and meditate on them. Don't sit there and rehearse that mess over and over and over in your spirit. Keep on talking about it over and over and feed it back in your spirit. But it says to cast down that imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it to what? Captivity. Every thought. Every thought. Where? To the obedience of Christ. Ah, bring it into captivity. Every thought. Not just some of them. Not just a few of them. Not just the ones you want to cherry pick. He says to bring it to captivity. Every thought. Where? To the obedience of Christ. If people would do that right there, just practice that piece right there, we wouldn't see so much, so many negative reports of this person being killed, that person being killed. You know, that people can't even sit in their cars. In Jackson, people are getting shot sitting in their cars, in the driveway. I know of a young lady uh, a, a few weeks ago was in her apartment, inside her apartment. Somebody was walking down the street with an AR. Walking. Not, it, they not even doing drive-bys. They doing walk-bys. Mm -hmm. And shot up in that apartment and shot that girl. Mm -hmm. That's how crazy it is. But see, they need to take captive every thought. Think about it. Think about it. Ooh, Jesus, think about it. I need y'all to hear that. Think. You know, we used to have this saying, look before you leap. Think before you leap. Think before you leap. Be in control of your emotions. Don't let your emotions be in control of you. Because if you allow your emotions to be in control of you, it'll take one second to get into something that you may never get out of. That's for somebody. Think before you leave. Somebody may be saying, well, how can I take captive my thoughts? What does that mean? That means it's, it's telling you how to gain control over what you think. You're in control. We're the greatest creation that God created. We are. You know why? Because of our, our ability and our level of thinking. You hear, the, you hear uh, the saying, a mind is a terrible thing to waste? You know why they say that? Because the mind is an incredible thing to have. Woo! Hallelujah, God. A mind is an incredible thing to have. Don't take your mind for granted, baby. That's an incredible thing that God gave you. Woo, my God, that's an incredible weapon that he gave you. So we're going to talk about six ways to take your thoughts one is to accept responsibility for your thoughts. Somebody, ooh, my God, that's a big struggle for a lot of people right there. Don't want to take responsibility. Want to blame everybody else for everything that's going on in their life. Don't want to take responsibility for their portion of what's going on in their life. Hallelujah. I'm just saying to you, don't be like Cain was and think the wrong thought. 
Glory to God, because see, when you think the wrong thoughts, then those wrong thoughts can, be, can lead to the wrong behavior. Huh? They think on, on Cain and Abel. Glory to God. God asked them to bring a sacrifice, a sacrificial offering. He told them to bring their best offering. And Abel brought his best offering. Cain just gave, just told him a little something. And then when God questioned him about it, he, you know, and he asked where, and he got upset about it. You know, he got upset because it's because God favored to him. God favored what Abel did more than what he did. He killed his brother. Wrong thoughts. Oh, he liked him better than me. You know, sitting there meditating on that foolishness. Killed his brother. And then when God asked him about it, he am I my brother's people? You know, wrong thoughts. Led to wrong behavior. Accept responsibility for your thoughts. Second, your mind. Not just your behavior, people. Your mind must change. Your mind must change. Thirdly, think through your problems instead of just reacting to them. People, I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. I pray you take this back to your friends. You take this back to your neighborhood. Hallelujah, God. You let them know that they need to think through their problems instead of just reacting on it. You know, back in the day, folks would fight. You know, we would throw them bowls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all, again, I had a flashback on me. Glory to God. You know, we used to throw them bowls. Around here throwing oozes, you know. <laughs> they throwing everything, but they and then they shoot people over any little thing. That's all they gonna do is just pick up a gun. Won't you pick up a book instead of a gun? Pick up a book. Educate yourself. Knowledge is power. Not holding a gun in your hand. That's not power. Knowledge is power. Huh? One of the most in, one of the most scary things. I, I would just say to a particular, um, to, to some people I'll say, is an educated person. An educated person can be so, so threatening to somebody. More threatening than a gun. You understand me? You know your stuff. I know some of you all have been there, gone on jobs, because you know your stuff, because you sharp. Somebody that's already there, they intimidated by it. Intimidated by it. Just because you're good at what you do, you're not there to take anybody's job. But see, their thoughts, they thinking, just because you're good at, just cause you're good at what you do, Brother Tim, they think you're there to take their job. Half the time, you don't even want to do your own job. You know, you don't want to be bothered with what you got to do. You sure don't want nobody else. You don't want that responsibility. You know, you don't want to have to deal with all those different personalities. And you haven't even said anything about taking a job. But just because you were good at what you did, just because, oh, don't come in there with no degrees now. Don't come, ooh, don't you do that. Don't come up in there all with a bachelor's and a master's. Are you crazy? Oh, Lord, she tried to run the company now. She tried to take over. I'm telling you, education is power. Knowledge. Am I right, Sister Adrian? Knowledge is power. Glory to God. So think your problems through instead of just reacting to them. If you have a financial problem, don't just get a, a payday loan and get in deeper debt. You know, they charge you a thousand percent interest. 
know what it is, but I know it's high. Bless God. I know it's high. Because we've been there before. Listen, my husband and I got married very young. I was 18. He was 19. We've done it all, you know. We we did payday loans. We did puns. We did, uh, what else we did, baby? We sold, we sold aluminum, baby, a can of this tickets. Around us. We did what we had to do because we didn't know any better. We didn't know any better. And when you learn better, you do better. And I hate to say it, but actually, uh, a lot of what we did. <laughs> oh, bless God. Oh, thank God for deliverance. A lot of what we did, we really did it at the urging of older people. <laughs> That was older than us. You know. They showed us the way. Glory to God. <laughs> but we found out it wasn't God's way. Amen. Because it just didn't make sense. You know, you go do a payday loan and they charge you all this ridiculous interest and stuff. And you doing it because you need money. And then you go out there getting deeper debt. You know, so I'm just saying, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. Put your songs down. I'm not talking about you if you have. We just gonna pray you through, bless God, and trust God that you won't have to do it again. Bless God. Hallelujah. But I'm just saying, think about it. That's all I'm saying. Think about it. Seriously, think it through before you do that. Don't, don't. The Bible says to seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. But see, we tend to do just the opposite. We, we seek him last. He's going to our last resort. We got to flip that thing. We got to change our thinking. Amen? Hallelujah. Number four, take your disabling thoughts captive through confession. In other words, confront your thoughts and turn them over to God and become who he sees you can be. Did you hear what I just said? Become who he sees you can be. Not what people have lied to you and said that you were going to be. You know, they lied. You ain't never going to be nothing. You're going to be right here with a string of children behind you. You ain't going to never have nothing. Don't you buy into that lie. Because you could be anything that you want to be. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You understand me? I don't care if every, everybody in your family never had a dime to their name. That does not have to be your story. Amen. Ah! Woo! Glory to God! That does not have to be your story. Ah! My grandma told me that there's always a first Sunday in every month. You can be that first Sunday. Amen? Oh, glory to God. Confront your thoughts and turn them over to God and become who he sees. You can be. Mm. Mm. Glory to God. Take your disabling thoughts captive through confession, okay? And then next, choose to focus your thoughts on right things. And we're going to elaborate on that a little more, too. Choose to focus your thoughts on the right things. Do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, okay? Do the right thing. Because it's the right thing to do. I'll say it again. Do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And lastly, know that it is possible. I didn't say guess that it is possible. I didn't say wonder if it is possible. I said know that it is possible. Glory to God. It is possible to live a life aware of our thoughts and taking them captive. 
It is. You know, some people say my mind just be racing. Ooh, I just, I just can't help myself. I just can't, I just can't stop my mind just be racing. Yes, you can. You are in control. God is first in control. He should be the one in control. But you're in control of your thoughts. Don't let your thoughts run away with you. It is possible to live a life aware of your thoughts, taking them captive. You know why? Because the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. When you have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you, there is nothing that you cannot do. There is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing that you're going through that God cannot handle. There is nothing that you're dealing with that God does not have an answer to. Hallelujah, God. All you got to do is believe that it is possible. My God said that. So what we say often begins with our thoughts, if you hadn't gotten that already. <laughs> I say often because sometimes we speak before we think. And we just want to say all that's on our minds. You know, you got some folk that just love to give you a piece of their mind. They need all the mind they got. And they always trying to give somebody else a piece of it. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, the Bible speaks to that as well. Turn with me, if you will, to Proverbs 29 and 11. We're going to be wrapping this thing up soon. Glory to God. Proverbs 29 and 11. And it reads, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Now, I'm not calling y'all a fool. I'm just telling you what the word says. The word says, A fool uttereth all his mind. But a wise man keepeth the end till afterwards. Now, the, the living Bible says, a rebel shouts in anger. I told y'all how my grandson, he likes to rebel in anger, bless God. A rebel shouts in anger, but a wise man holds his temper in and cools it. Right? They just said, cool it, bro. Cool it, bro. Cool it, son. Did you know that? That you can train your mind. 
Just like you train up that child in the way that they should go. Bless God. You can train your mind to think the way it should think. <laughs> Glory to God. That means you have to work in it, though. That means you got to do something. Mm. You have to train your mind to speak the word of life over your emotions rather than what the emotion uh, from the current circumstances is bringing. Glory to God. Instead of saying, I'm so sick, I don't know what to do. You say, Lord, I thank you that according to Jeremiah 30, 17, your word says that you will restore my health and heal my wounds. Instead of declaring defeat and saying, I just can't do this, whatever your this is. Instead of declaring defeat, you say, Lord, I thank you that according to Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God. Sometimes our mouths do move a little faster than our brains. Hallelujah. But according to LifeWay Research, there are four ways we can learn to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Y'all mind me just teaching a little bit today? There are four things that we can do. One, ask clarifying questions. This clarifies what the person said, ensuring you understood it clearly so there will be no misunderstanding. So if I give somebody an instruction, you know, or somebody gives you an instruction, you may want to stop, clarify, say, okay, so what you're saying is, what you need me to do is, and then you repeat what you thought you heard. Because see, that would help that would help them to know that you understood them clearly. And if not, then that gives them the opportunity to clear it up. Okay? So ask clarifying questions. And secondly, define terms, even common ones. This is one of my favorites. Um, there are certain figures of speech that may, may mean different things to different people. A big one for me personally. It's like, for some reason, like if somebody's talking about something uh, within the week and they say, just say, like, today is Sunday. And they say, um, um, Minister Angela, I want to invite you and your family over for dinner next Friday. Well, does next Friday mean this Friday coming up or Friday the next week? I always get confused with that when people say next Friday. You know, if it's that Thursday and they say next Friday, I'm like, okay, are they talking about tomorrow or the next week? So what I tend to do is, I get dates. I need you to give me dates. Give me the dates that you want me there for dinner so that I can ensure that I'll be there on the right dates, okay? Because like she like said, you know, different things mean different, you know, different uh, things mean different things to, other, to people, okay? So, um, and, and I'm sorry, different things means diff it's different to different people. So, Define the terms, okay? Uh, even the common ones, no matter how small it is, no matter how simple it may sound, just make sure you get clarification on okay? That's how you can be quick to hear and slow to speak. Another thing is to be comfortable with silence. Oh, my God. I know that's a big one. Be comfortable with silence. Ooh, I know that's a big one, especially with my sister's Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. <laughs> Bless his own name. Ooh, I know y'all sitting there all quiet, looking all cute right now. Ooh, but at that house, I bet folk can't get a word in sideways. <laughs> I know because I've been here to it. <laughs> Bless God. Be comfortable with silence. Remember Ecclesiastes 3 and 7. 
And you can turn there if you like. Ecclesiastes 3 and 7. It tells us that there's a time to keep silent. And there's a time to speak. Amen. I love this right here, y'all. I need y'all to hear me good right here. Mark Twain. And I'm sure many of you have heard of the author Mark Twain. He says, this is a quote by Mark Twain. It is better not to speak and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. <laughs> I'm going to let that marinate a minute. I'm going to read that again. It is better not to speak and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. <laughs> Glory to God. Another word is saying it's better for you to just be quiet and, you know, and, and don't let folk know whether you're a fool or not. If somebody is doing all this, they're giving all that lip service, all that TM music, just let them keep talking. You know, they all in your face. Rah, 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 rah. Baby, you be like, baby, I don't even have to. Girl, baby, I'm too old and grown for this. Bless God. I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. You know, don't argue. Don't go back and forth with because folk may not know which one is the fool. You know. <laughs> Glory to God. Be slow to speak. You know, that shows you don't have to say something all the time. You know, you have some people just got to say something. I noticed that even in text. Seriously, y'all watch this the next time you're uh, in a text exchange with somebody. Even if I don't know the person well, I can tell by their text that they're the type of person that got to have a last word. You know, they send you a text, you say thank you, and then they send you back, you're welcome. You know, um, or, you know, or you say thank you. Or, no, they say thank you. You say you're welcome. They got to send back a smiley face. You don't need to send anything else after you're welcome. We did all the little nice Thank you. You're welcome. That's good. You know, they got to send a smiley face, a heart, or something. They just got to have the last word. Seriously, pay close attention to the next time you're texting somebody. There are certain people I send them a text, and it's, it's the end for me. I just sit there and I'm like, wait for it, wait for it. Wait, dang, there it is. You know? <laughs> so I just don't even send anything else after that because I want to satisfy their need to have the last word. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the other thing is to pause before you speak. Pause before you speak. Some people are just so quick to want to say something because they're just more concerned about what they want to say. They're not even listening to what you're saying. You sitting there talking, they sitting there in their mind, they doing double, just double dust. They're trying to see when to jump in. They're not even listening to you. They just run off at the run off at the mouth, glory to God, because they're not even concerned about what you're saying. But if you pause, it gives you time to think. Yeah, yeah, sis, it gives you time to think. Before you respond, you know, because sometimes you don't think they go run off at the mouth that you can say something hurtful. And how many of y'all know? Listen, once those words go into the atmosphere, you can't take them back. You can say you're sorry all you want. They may even say it's okay, but the damage has already been done. So you need to think before you speak because that gives you time to think about how you want to respond. And it also gives you the opportunity to fully hear what the other person said uh, before you respond. Glory to God. I had a mentor, I promise y'all, she had these four steps down to a fine art. You hear me? She could have given classes on this, for real. Because whenever she was asked a question, she would always, first she would listen very attentively. And she, and she wouldn't interrupt you. She'd just sit there and just smile. Oh my God. 
She was the most beautiful woman inside and out. I, I, I want to cry just thinking about her even now. Um, then she would repeat, you know, what you said to her to make sure she understood you correctly. And she never spoke above a whisper. You say something to her, she said, okay, sweetheart, so what you're saying is, I, I just want to make sure I'm understanding you And then she would repeat what she heard you say. And she was so calm, y'all, until her calmness would calm you down. If you all upset and fussed about something, she was so cool, calm, and collected before you know it, you calm. You know, that's somebody that masters the art of being slow to speak, but quick to hear. And oftentimes when a student, because she was my uh, she was my 10th grade business teacher, she was my mentor. She was she was everything to me. She was the type of person that I wanted to aspire to be. I said, Lord, I want to be just like that woman because she was the true, she was the closest thing to Jesus walking on earth that I saw. Seriously, she was a living example and I praise God for her. Everything that I know about business, I learned from that woman um, and I'm still using everything that she taught me to this day. Hallelujah. <coughs> so I can only pray that God will put somebody so impactful in each and every one of your lives if he hasn't already in the lives of your children. Glory to God. Mm, my God. I don't know why the Lord led me there, but I thank you, Father. But like I said, oftentimes, you know, when a student would be telling her something, she would say, sweetheart, now think about what you're saying. Think about it. Sister Adrian probably has said that to some of her students. Think about what you're saying. I call that the Salah moment. Mm. Hallelujah. Salah in Hebrew is referring to a voluntary and intentional pause for reflection. Just to give you an example, Psalms 2014, you don't have to turn there, but it said, who's the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Salah. The Amplified Version says, who is he then, this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Salah means to pause and think on that. Hallelujah, God. So as Pastor told us last week, it's the word of God that changed our lives. It's the word of God that changes our lives. But it's the way we think, too, that can bring about a change in your life. If you think negatively, if you're a negative thinker, you're going to have negative things happening in your life. You'll be right here wondering, why, why is this always happening to me? Are you, are you thinking that all the time? Are you thinking, you expecting, you going around like bad luck slept rock, thinking, you know, you got a cloud on you. It's just following you around, raining on top of you. It's dry all around everybody else. The sun's shining, but it's raining on you. That's because you expect that. You expect that. And whatever you speak, whatever you think, everything in your, in your environment is going to line up with that. Everything in your environment is going to line with that. Sinking thinking, that's what you're going to have in your life. Garbage. You have sinking thinking, you're going to have garbage sink. Get the trash out. <laughs> Get that trash out, sister. Put it on the curb. Kick them to the curb. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why the enemy attacks our thoughts to keep us distracted from the word of God. The word of God instructs us on how to deal with the issues of life. Now let's go to 2 Timothy uh, 
chapter 3, verse 16. And it tells us in the Amplified, we're about to wrap it up. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration. Whose inspiration? God's inspiration. And profitable. Oh, my God, I like that word right there. Profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience. And for training in righteousness, listen to this, in holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. Glory to God. Romans 12 and 2 instructs us best by telling us to be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. What this scripture is instructing us to do is to renew our minds by changing the way we think. To create a greater life for ourselves and a life that honors God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, let's give God some praise today. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for this word, Father God. Lord, I pray, Father God, that this word did not fall upon deaf ears, oh God. But I thank you, Lord, that it penetrated these hearts, oh God. And I thank you for it right now, Father God. I thank you, God, that we will take captive our thoughts. We will not be going around here thinking negatively, Father God, and speaking negative things out of our mouths, Father God, creating toxic atmospheres, oh God. Lord, we just rebuke the adversary right now in the name of Jesus, Father God, and we will think on things that are lovely, things that are, that are good, things that are pure, and things that are of a good report, oh God. In the name of Jesus, we will purpose in our mind and in our hearts to think on these things, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And God, we just count it all joy, Father God, when we fall into diverse temptations, oh God. Lord, we just thank you, God, that you work out every various trial that we may go through. You have the answer to them all, Father God. You said in your word that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you said you deliver us out of them all. Hallelujah, God. That's good news right there. That's good news right there, God, that you deliver us out of them all, oh God. And Lord, we just be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And it's in your son Jesus' name. We seal this prayer by faith and by the precious blood of the Lamb. And those that are in agreement say amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God some glory. Yes, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo, we bless you, God.